Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Scale Up Your Business. Today, we're going to get into a topic which is awesome and something that you all need to be brilliant at. It doesn't matter if you're listening to Scale Up Your Business and you are starting a business. Perhaps you haven't even started one yet. Perhaps you have a job and you're thinking about not having a job anymore. You're going to move into the world of entrepreneurship. Uh, Perhaps you're in Scale Up like most of my listeners are, and you're thinking, God, how am I going to keep pushing through all this? Uh, how am I going to get out of plateau and start growing again? How do I drive fast growth? Or perhaps you're at the right at the end. You're at the point where your business is so awesome, someone wants to buy it, and you're thinking, how the hell am I going to make that happen? Well, I can tell you what, the one skill that joins all of that together is networking. It's often said that your network is your net worth. Uh, Another way of saying that is you're the sum average of the people you hang out with. Your environment is everything. And I can tell you over the last decade of doing the stuff that I do, the number of partnerships, friendships, all sorts of things that have come from being really open about networking, putting myself out there and making connections has been up there with probably the one or two things that have transformed all the businesses that I've been involved in. And to be honest, my life, because I've got friends all over the world and that has come from being just just putting myself out there and meeting people and being interested and being curious. So today's episode is all about that. And I am delighted to have with me an expert in networking, and that is Sid Vader. Now, he is a best-selling author, international speaker, business professional, has a, has a you know illustrious career in all kinds of business, uh, which we'll get into today on the show. And he's also the founder of Switch Events and the co-host of the C3 Chat Show, Chat show podcast, which I am very grateful to have guested on a few months back. And that was an amazing conversation with Sid and his team. But he's also a financial professional with over 10 years of finance and banking experience. And he has, before all of this, before kind of getting more intentional about networking, he was the operator of a family food business for over five years as well. So what we're going to get into today is effectively how networking can help with starting and growing a business. And we're going to talk about the things that you should be thinking about around how you become better more skilled with networking, how you can make greater connections. And, you know, regardless of whether COVID exists or it doesn't, and you can't, you know, meet people face to face, we're not talking about turning up to a networking event and grabbing a glass of Chardonnay and a bit of cheese. We're talking about how you can use technology and all those things, because the principles of building a great network still exist, regardless if constraints or things that we think are constraints are there. So that's it. I hope you enjoy this one. We haven't covered it in detail before, but networking is indeed a superpower. And I'm delighted to have Sid Vader here showing us the ropes. So welcome to Scale Up Your Business, Sid Vader. (laughs) 
Hi everyone, Nick here again, another week of Scale Up Your Business, another amazing guest. I'm delighted to have on the show today, Sid Vadia. Have I got it right, Sid? That's uh, perfect, man. Okay, wow. good. <laughs> so, well, you know, I want to make sure I'm, you know, I'm nailing it. Um, Sid V, as we'll call him, Sid is a networking expert, best-selling author, international speaker and business professional. He's also the founder of a uh, company called Switch Events and the co-host of the C3 Chat Show podcast, which I have been grateful enough to be a guest on as well. And today, tonight, we are going to be talking all things networking, how you can do it, how you should do it, how powerful it can be. So welcome to Scale Up Your Business, Sid. Thank you so much, Nick. Uh, what a pleasure to be on your show. And, you know, you were an amazing guest on our show. So hopefully I can be just as valuable today. I'm sure you will be. I mean, you know what I like about what we're going to talk about today is we haven't, I mean, I've, I've covered so many topics, right? You know, how you how you can build personal branding, how you can kind of um, create more marketing impact, sales process, everything you would consider in business growth and scale up. But we haven't touched on networking. So that's why I was keen to kind of get you on to go into that. Before we before we go into into the um, uh, I suppose the ins and outs of that and the power of networking, um, can you just introduce yourself and just let the um, the listeners of Scale Up Your Business know a bit more about you? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So so you know my name is Sid Vadia. I uh, coined myself a networking expert, and it's really uh, around the fact that I just know how to build communities and how to build good connections. Right. That's really what the at the end of the day what networking is. So what me and Nick are doing right now is networking in some fashion, and uh, so you know I not only embrace it for myself, but I teach it to others, right? So beyond just networking, I'm a business professional, podcast host, you know, uh, I do all sorts of other different uh, variety of things that, you know, uh, many people can find on networkwithsid.com. And uh, beyond that, you know, take all that aside, you know, I'm just a a guy with a family who uh, grew up in India, came to the US and trying to enjoy life. So that's me as a whole. Okay. And why, why the passion around networking? So, you know, because yeah. your, your brand, if you like, as you said, networking with Sid is all about this. Where, where did you first come up with that? And where did you kind of, where did you get the resonation to do that? Yeah, sure, sure. So, so networking has been more or less in my blood in some fashion. So I came from India, uh, you know, kind of first generation in the US. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have that type of life story where it's like, oh, the eight generations behind me has helped me organize, blah, 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 and set up structures. So, you know, it's me and then, of course, my parents who came here and some of my family members. And I embraced networking at a very young age because I realized that I can't grow to the potential I'm looking to grow without having the right type of people around me. And that um, really became a focus point for me as I started advancing within my career. And that's when I realized, oh, my gosh, I've been networking all my life. You know, let me improve on it. And then through the years, I've just been improving my story, improving the way I network, improving my connection base. And there's a famous quote that my mentor says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future, right? So ultimately, you want to build the right type of connections because ultimately that can help elevate your future as well. And so that's why I'm so keen and passionate behind networking. And beyond that, I also realize that with networking, not only myself, but I can go and help the other person kind of elevate them to the next level in life as well. And uh, I mean, you speak with the people that have come to my events that have kind of been in my connection uh, bucket and they can all kind of attest to the fact that I've helped them elevate them to that next level. 
Yeah. Well, I love that. Um, as I said, that quote, as you said, or that statement that your, your mentor yeah, show, said around that because show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, I believe that. Right. And I found that I suppose partly through scale up the business that increases um, profile, increases reach. Um, I've had amazing conversations and that's opened up so many other opportunities, which I would not have expected um, beforehand. So, um, so that's hugely powerful. Um, so what, let's, let's get into um, your philosophy, if that's okay, on networking. Yeah. So you shared a little bit of this already in terms of what you said about your future mm-hmm. and those things, but let's go a little bit deeper. So what, what do you believe about networking? So networking is, a, is, is, a, is an activity. It's a skill set that you develop, first of all. So people aren't, I mean, you, know, you, you may say I was born a networker. I was born really open and uh, what do you call it? An extrovert, right? And uh, I'm, I call myself an introverted extrovert, right? So <laughs> at, at times I, I don't want to go and talk to anyone. But when I meet that person, I'm like, oh, and wanting to run. Right. And uh, so my philosophy behind networking really is that it really takes two to tango and build relationships. And it's not just about, hey, what can I get out of this relationship? And Nick, I mean, just by the little pieces of kind of connection base that me and you have, there's so many people that we've built along this just couple of months, right? And we're, we're virtual buddies at the end of the day. And yeah. for many of the listeners out there, they're probably virtual buddies that they're building. But the thing is, take it to that next level. Talk to them about what their story is. Understand what their lifestyle is, what their passions are, what their challenges are. Because business is business, but networking, you got to take it to that next level. And that can then you know, um, introduce the opportunities. And I learned something about Nick, about his family, about this or that, whatever. And Nick learned something about me. And now when I'm driving down the street and I see a sign that says a building for sale, I might say, hey, Nick, weren't you the guy that was looking for something like that? Oh, you know what? Let me call Nick. And karmic ways, karma as a whole, it will yeah. come back to you. I have yet to find any opportunity that I've given out that hasn't come back in in some fashion. I, yeah. I, I honestly can. Well, that's and, what I wanted to get I, into in terms of philosophy because it's um it's called what the law of reciprocity to some extent, isn't it? There's that piece where hundred percent, hundred percent. I love the um I've said this a few times on the podcast. I love the quote, the Zig Ziglar quote: "If you help enough people get what they want in life, you'll have everything you want and need in life." Right? Because it's that's all about that. One hundred and fifty percent. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? I've found that it's it's made a massive difference to my life. So let's let's unpack this a bit. So yeah, because networking obviously it's changing now. You know, we're 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 doing this. We met online, <laughs> not 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 some dating way, but you know, online networking. <laughs> um, but then you've got people who have this kind of almost pathological fear of networking, a fear of putting themselves out there. Um, did you ever experience that? Did you feel sometimes actually I'm a bit scared to do this and 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 people would judge you, for example, anything like yeah. that. I, I will. I, I'm the first one to raise that hand and say that I had that fear factor in me. But you know what other fear factor I had growing up as a child that our parents told us that don't go sit in a car with a complete stranger. And what is Uber and what is Lyft? So the thing is, these type of ideas and thought processes are everlastingly have to change. Right. And so even for me saying, okay, let me go out of my way and go and help somebody out without getting anything back. That's a huge impact to change. And what happens is that when you're able to think of that type of mindset, 
then your life opens up and the opportunities start crazy coming in. And most people think that networking is, oh, I need to go out there and shake a bunch of people's hands and give out all these business cards and maybe an opportunity might come my way. But that, you know, when I first started and I, I was watching some of the people, you know, that I worked with, that I was really learning networking and I saw the way they did it and they were still, um, they weren't doing it right or they never got anything out of it. And I'd ask them months later, hey, so did did that conference help you out? Did that, you know, um, uh, CA, right? The accountant group that you're working with, do, do they uh, reciprocate? Do they build relationships with you? And nope, nothing. So that's when I, all I did was take the problems and the mistakes that people I watch and try to correct them. And, and out of that, so many different opportunities started coming because I all I did was fine tune the concept of networking. And I fine-tuned how to network better. And then I also fine-tuned the follow-up process. And the 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 the, the most like the, the most important part of networking is not your pitch, it's not a referral, it's your follow-up. Because most people don't even know how to follow up. Yeah, I want to get into the stages, particularly that one. Um, yep. because I think that's I think sometimes people um, the concept of needy is creepy. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a piece there. <laughs> I like that. Like, exactly. I like that. So if, if, if I'm, cause I see this all the time, right. Particularly, I suppose it's probably more in the sales part of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know when I work with people, um, I, I particularly want people to be very much um, making the decision that that's something that they want to do as opposed to me having to convince them. Right. Yes. Because it makes yes. the whole relationship much stronger, but yeah. let's go through your process. So, so you've said you've almost honed the, the expertise around networking. So what does, uh, right. what, what does great networking look like from a, from, a, from a process and a kind of, if I was looking at someone or yeah. hearing someone who's a great networker, what would their characteristics be? So the first thing is, and, and I also have to add in a small little piece here is world has changed just in the last year. And we're now in this whole economical lifestyle change, COVID-19 lifestyle change, as we're recording right now, hopefully 10 years from now, somebody listening to this say, who's COVID, right? So, um, but, I, but I, at I this moment in time- are gonna remember. They're gonna, this is one yeah. of those, not gonna go away, like, you know, from, uh, from people's heads anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But, you know, all, all these small things impact the, the process now. And I rather prefer to talk about now than, you know, what, what happened five years or even just, you know, a year ago. So. The now factor is, um, you know, we're doing virtual networking more often, right? But networking as a whole, it's a process-driven relationship-building thing, right? And so you don't want to just go and say, okay, like I said, go and shake a bunch of people's hands and expect opportunities to come. They're step-by-step processes, like you mentioned. The first thing is, is that you need to fine-tune your introduction, how you're presenting yourself, right? Hi, my name is Sid. I'm a networking expert, best-selling author, business professional. How can I help you, right? That's a 15-second pitch. I tell people design a 15, 30, or 60-second pitch, depending on for the event, the meeting, whatever it is you're going to. If I'm going to a healthcare conference, organize my pitch to that specific thing, right? The, The second kind of piece to what I look at on the networking process is that understand who you're looking to network with particularly tied to maybe the meeting or the event or whatever that thing that you're looking to go to, right? So like I said, if you're going to a healthcare conference, make sure you're networking. You as an individual is ready to go and talk about that, 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 that vertical that maybe within healthcare, we're talking about medicine, we're talking about med tech, we're talking about whatever that thing is, right? Be able to, to be able to explain, open up, 
tied to that. That means you need to have a little bit of knowledge and research done before you kind of just go into something. And that's kind of a, a given you would think, but I've met too many people that will come to uh, an event. I go to a ton of conferences. I'm not too far in uh, the New York area from J uh, the Javits Center. Maybe you're aware of that yeah, place. And uh, I'll go to a conference and I'll meet somebody and I'll say, so, so what are you here for? Oh, my boss brought me. Well, that, that's not a real answer. Why are you here? You know, that's, I've, that's, I've heard that. Uh, I've heard that answer before as well. People are kind of there because they're made to be there as opposed to yeah. trying to get the opportunity. But, but now if you're in the sales role or trying to get into that type of a role that you're looking to maybe elevate yourself in management or whatever else, you'd be stupid to waste the time that you're given. So I always tell people that again, the introduction needs to be fine tuned. Secondly is have that type of a strategy set in place. Okay. The third thing is, is, that when you're meeting or after you've done meeting the person, right? Make sure you can figure out, all right, how is like, so right now, Nick, we're talking, let's just say we were at some type of a meeting together. As we're talking, I'm learning about Nick a little bit, a few things here and there and this, that. I wanna make sure I note points about Nick, maybe pressure points, maybe things in his life, maybe things that he's going on. Maybe he likes the sports uh, uh, type of, uh, you know, uh, group or whatever else. Maybe he's uh, more interested in travel and things like that. You want to be able to lock in that individual because again, that type of data is going to be able to help you with the follow-up, with the next steps and things like that. So I tell people again, introduction, learn about where you're going and build a strategy. And then the, the next thing while you're talking, learning about the person is make sure you can learn something that you really, uh, can hone in on that person's relationship, okay? And then the last piece to this kind of fine line before we get into a whole different step process is the follow-up. And this is the follow-up piece is I'd say the biggest kind of key at this moment because a follow-up six, eight months, 10 months, a year ago was, hey, Nick, let's go and grab coffee in about two months at, at XYZ place. Okay, that's fine. But now Nick and I are not gonna meet. And more importantly, Nick is in a whole different country than I am. So how are we going to follow up? Well, Nick is more of a WhatsApp guy versus a LinkedIn guy. Nick is more of an email guy versus a text message guy. I need to learn and get to know what type of person Nick is. And so that follow-up now has gone from just saying, hey, let me send you a quick email and we'll catch up via, uh, you know, whatever, a coffee shop or a quick meeting or whatever else to now, hey, Nick, are you a WhatsApp guy? And it sounds crazy, but believe me, believe me, believe me, believe me, folks, who's ever listening to this, it works. And <laughs> I ask people while we're building the relationship that, can I message you on LinkedIn? Because I'm very active on LinkedIn. It hits my phone right away. And I look at my emails twice a day, but I looked at LinkedIn at least 15 times a day. And so now all of a sudden, people know that if they want to get a hold of me, they're not going to waste time on emails. They're going to go straight to LinkedIn. And yeah. so that's kind of the overall process of the networking field. Of course, after the follow-up, it goes back to some point in that relationship building process. And that's networking process, you know, um, virtually you can kind of mix and match some of these things, but ultimately it's still the same. Well, let's, process. let's, let's pause there to go. Let me yeah. go into this a little bit. So <laughs> the summary I have of all that is, um, which I think is the thing that, most people don't do is the level of um, preparedness that you just described. So I've, I've heard of people um, before they go into meetings, for example, with someone they haven't known before, they, 
they have this is this is this is gonna sound a little bit stalkerish, but they'll have researchers go and look at all their social media profiles and know what football team they support, you know, where they, you know, what what restaurant they like or what food they like and and mm-hmm. subtly drop in, you know, little pieces of information which 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 build rapport and build connection. Um, which which is similar to what you're saying, but obviously it depends on how precise you want to get. It's you know, um before, if we were more in the touchy-feely lifestyle of the world where I can shake somebody's hand, it would be so much easier because, again, that face-to-face emotional relationship we can build is so easy in comparison to where we are now because a Zoom meeting or video or any platform you're on, that meeting, right? Me right now, I could have five kids running around. Nick, you might have a pet moving around. And even though we're staring at a camera, there's a thousand things going on. So I have to be able to get to know Nick, or I got to be able to get to know whatever that group of people that I'm dealing with at that moment in time. If that means I could find a way to say, hey, Nick, do you know XYZ team? Or hey, Nick, I heard about the fact that, you know, around where your office is, there's a nice restaurant. All of a sudden, Nick's attention on that animal or Nick's attention on his kids will come back into the conversation and really say, you know what, Sid did a little bit of research on me. I appreciate that about him. Yeah. Okay. No, I like it. All right. So, so that process, let's just go through the process a little bit more. So obviously the pitch, get that. That's great. I've, I've talked a little bit about the um, importance of practice of a pitch, not to the mm-hmm. point of where it's, this kind of overly rehearsed thing, but just so it becomes second nature, you know, because most people, most people, when they talk, they, they don't think that through enough. And to your point, they don't factor it to the audience. And importantly, they don't factor it to the value they can add to the audience versus them just saying what they normally say. And, yeah. and I often advise people to, um, to be more remarkable than potentially they give themselves credit for. And so the way to do that is, Obviously, you can say, I do this and I do this, but, but put in some information there, which A, makes you stand out a bit, makes it more memorable. Because in a certainly in a traditional sense, when it used to be a sea of people in a room, you're not going to yep. remember all those introductions, but you are going to remember the, the remarkable ones, the ones that have something interesting about them, but also show interest in you. You know, they might ask more questions about you than they talk about themselves. And they're the people that tend to stand out, certainly in my experience as well. 100%. And, and if I could tell you, you know, like one of the kind of factors that I put into now, the conversation, of course, Nick, you're, we're, we're right now on a podcast. We're talking about podcast, you know, in a podcasting setup. But when I introduce myself, I say, you know, I record with Olympians and athletes and celebrities. And that is a, it is a defining factor about me as a person, because I could be a business professional dealing with million dollar transactions. But the fact is that you're doing something way out of the norm of what somebody else is doing. It catches somebody's attention. So I, I 100, 150% agree with you on that. Yeah. No, I drop in the two things I say, which is, which is just, you know, interesting points. Cause I focus, as you know, on business scale up is um, the exits that I've been involved in. And there's a, there's a figure there, which happens to be over $5 billion of, of exits that I've been lucky enough to be involved in, in in one way or another, right? True number. In fact, it's actually more than that. It's actually closer to 10, but I, if I want to be really pure to it. And so if I'm talking to someone and I drop that in, usually something really strange happens. Like the eyes just kind of go, yeah. did, did you just this- say billion? Yeah. <laughs> Because, like you know, this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> well, it's scale scale creates um, interest and certainty, right? 100%. So, 
bit of that, but also it's just a bit, um, back to my word, it's a bit remarkable. It's a bit unusual. In my world of private equity, those numbers aren't big, but in the world of someone growing and scaling their business, it's obviously also somewhere yes. they potentially want to be able to go to. Maybe not that big, but they want to go in that direction. So yeah, I totally get it. Everyone that I know in the PE world, they mark they they mark their numbers. So so you definitely uh, probably when you're saying you're ten, you're probably hundred percent. You know your number. I know my numbers. Um, <laughs> let, let's go into follow up before we move into the next part yeah. of the because I think this is something which a lot of people are, as I was mentioning before, embarrassed to do. It might be the neediest okay. thing. Or they just don't know how to do it. Um, so let's let's play a scenario. You've you've run an event, and you've had. Um, let's let's take one of your last events, Sid. One of your online events. How yeah. many people would you get to name one recently where you've had a certain number of people? How many people went to your last? Yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. We we had a, a residential real estate event, an industry event. Um, it was actually one of our first earlier type of industry events that we're trying to build up on uh, because we realized there's a huge market for industry specific events. And so uh, we just did one. It was close to about 75 people or so, okay, six right. panelists. Uh, nice group. You know, it was a nice group virtually done uh, because of, of course, we're in the situation we're in. Okay. So in that situation, um, let's assume that there's some opportunities to, to meet. Or what, did you have breakouts and things like that? Yes. It- yeah. Yeah. So what, we did what we did was it was a breakout in the beginning, a straight panel discussion, and then a breakout roughly about uh, 45 minutes at the end. So uh, out of that, two deals actually got closed for two different panelist wow. people. So it really worked out very well for the people that attended. Okay. So in, in that in that particular event, um, let's say I turned up and I I met a few people through whatever the um, uh, the opportunities were. How do you recommend I follow up? Let's say, let's say I've met 10 people or, or in that event out of 75, and they're all really interesting to me from maybe a, a commercial perspective. What's the best way to approach the follow-up? So the follow-up, the first thing is, is again, um, before you get to the point of follow-up, the first thing I'm recommending to everyone is start understanding how that person would like to have followed up with him. What happens right? if I didn't do that, though? Because <laughs> I, then... I got your point around the LinkedIn or WhatsApp. Yeah. Imagine... Imagine I didn't, I love that point, by the way. I you don't didn't want to do anything, oh, yeah. but I didn't okay. do it. I just, I just kind of met. Yeah. Um, and actually my natural tendency might be that I'm not going to follow up. My natural tendency might be, uh, I, I might connect with them on LinkedIn or something, but yes. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to go two or three layers deep. So how would I do that? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So, so when you don't have that much data behind somebody. Yeah, great point. I, I, I've, I've learned that LinkedIn is so much more powerful over an email. And it's because the access of social media being at your fingertips and the ability for somebody to be on it. If you asked me five years ago, actually I've been on LinkedIn forever, but if you asked me three years, uh, four years ago, 2016, when I really saw LinkedIn really pop, okay? That time I would reach out to somebody like you, Nick, and I, I would, you know, the person would accept me, but there would be no communication. It was like as if no one ever wanted to talk to me. And I was the guy posting back then. So you can get imagine how long I've been doing this now for this you know, particular thing. But but now when I reach out to somebody on LinkedIn and say, hey, we just met at the residential real estate conference. Uh, you know, I wanted to just follow up with you. And as an introduction, even if I'm not connected with them, okay, what happens is at that point, that person, most 99% from at least all the ones that I've seen will connect back with me. And you're now establishing an opportunity to take it to that next level and ask that question that I just said about, Hey, 
is it better to stay with connected with you on LinkedIn in the sense of communication? Or are you a better email person? If you're better at email, here's my email. Or what, what is your email? I'll email you back. Or, hey, what's your cell number? I'll, I'll, I'll send you a text back. And again, I, I think uh, any salesperson and any marketing person, Nick, you probably knows very well, is secure that meeting. Secure that meeting. Whatever it is, just secure that meeting, right? Uh, whatever you have to do. And so what I'm teaching is secure that meeting. Secure that, that next meeting and how you're going to secure it. It might be through WhatsApp or LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. You know, I closed a deal on off of Instagram a few months ago. Like who really? would have ever thought? Yeah. There is so like, much yeah, value in all these social platforms. I get stuff like that where, but, but again, it comes through, you know, m- most of my stuff is inbound because of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So if someone okay. wants to work with me, they, I mean, I had um, someone today who had listened to 99 episodes, um, uh, you know, and, and was working his way through the hundred and something episodes. Um, and I said to him, I said, you've now like spent a hundred hours with me. Right. Yeah. But he knew everything. I mean, he'd read every book that I'd recommended. It was like crazy. Right. But then of course he then reached out to me via LinkedIn and wanted to um, get some help with some stuff, you know, um, mm-hmm. for me to help mentor him. And, uh, and that was the way it worked. So you could argue, yeah. you know, it, it was, it was all through social media and all through those different channels. Yeah. Now, now look, you could tend take, you know, again, going back to the 10 people, that one person, if you just type their name on Google and the first thing that pops up is Instagram and you have Instagram and you're open to share, reach out via Instagram, whatever you got to do, secure that next meeting. But that next dialogue has to be, Hey, what's easier for you? Because I want to talk to you. I want to build that relationship with you. You have to be an initiator rather than somebody who's just accepting and receiving because the truth be told, we're all living in a crazy lifestyle. Today, I have 17 meetings. Nick, you probably have 25, 30, 50 meetings. We forget. And the thing is that the follow-up is not wrong. You mentioned that, you know, people get scared or think, they think that, oh, I, you know, following up is not good. But following up is your way to making sure that person remembers you. And that's how I've kind of drilled it in my head. Yeah. So today, Nick, if you didn't talk to me, no problem. Two weeks from now, we're going to start this again. Because what's I, lo- I love happen- that. I want to, I'm sorry to jump in. I want to underline the point just for everyone listening is, you know, the power of the follow-up. Because if people aren't getting what they think they need to be getting through their various strategies, if you like to connect with people, they may not be following up enough. So sorry to jump in, but I exactly. wanted to just- No, 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 no. <laughs> no, so, so, so that's, that's the overall kind of push of the follow-up. Of course, if you're in a, a geography where you have the ability to meet them in person, that's like my, my go-to follow-up is in person if I can. Even in this crazy period, believe me, people want to meet, right? I, I go meet clients now. And I go meet people now and I do my coffee meetings with masks on now. Right. And things like that, because I've uh, time and time again, the human emotional connection that we can build face to face is so much stronger than a phone or video or whatever else. No, I fully agree. And what, and before we move on to the next phase of this, just a question I've got for you is uh, what, what are the, um, we've talked about the, the, the positive elements or the kind of congruent elements of the process. What are the watch outs? What are the kind of faux pas, so to speak, of networking that you should just never do? If you do this, like that's it. Like, you know, it's like the golden rule, you've broken it. What, what are some of those things? Um, there is, there's a, there's a batch of them. And, uh, you know, I, I do actually <laughs> drop a couple of hints through my book, uh, you know, if, if, if I'm able to mention it towards the end of the show. But, sure. but ultimately, a couple of them. One is um, the first thing was avoid trying to direct sell. 
in any part of the process until the person knows you at some comfortable level. So me and Nick, we've gotten to that point where Nick knows that, you know, I got a child and he's got a couple of kids. We both like our sports teams and, you know, and he's, he's a fly fish guy and I'm a mountain climber guy. At that point, I say, hey, Nick, look, would it be all right? I talk to you about my business and I talk to you about these things or, hey, Nick, you know what? You already know this is my business. Nick, can I talk to you about some of the promotions that we're running? Because the first thing, if you want to drop in there and say, hey, you know, my name is Sid. We're offering $5,000 discount on blah, blah, blah tires. It's like you feel like a used car salesman conversation and it, and, and it comes off in a bad way and people can read right through it. And on virtual, people will turn you off like in not even two seconds. Well, you see it on like, LinkedIn all the time. I mean, it's it's so, I mean, we're talking about something, something different, It's but it's a very clumsy process. I had a guy send me seven um, separate messages uh, trying to sell me something, but every single one, first and foremost, there was no rapport, yeah. but everyone got increasingly more aggressive. Yeah. I, you you got to step back saying, well, what do you think is going to happen here, mate? It's probably automated anyway through one of the bots. But like, what do you think is going to happen here, mate? Now you've got increasingly more aggressive. I haven't responded. Do you think I'm suddenly going to pick up the, the, the phone and want to speak to you? So but the reason I bring this point up though, Sid, is yeah. because we, we've talked about the power of the follow-up and then there's that example. Yep. So there's, there must be a really clever balance here. There Wait, is, there is. There I is. use those things. Sorry to jump in, but I yeah, want yeah, to- Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, again, in that- Prior to the follow-up, getting to know the person, right? Mm-hmm. At the meeting, you you want you want to be able to become relatable, enjoyable, be able to talk to them like a human being. And that all comes in by learning about the person before even you get to the follow-up. Because the follow-up will talk about whatever the next steps of our, of our relationship will be, right? And, um, you know, the worst thing to do is during that prior process, before the follow-up, you start dropping in way too much data about what you're trying to get them to learn about you. And it comes off like as if you're selling. So if I go and let's just say that I, um, I work for a pharmaceutical sales company and I'm trying to put some type of a new product into the pharmacy world, right? And I go to a pharmacy conference, I'm talking to a pharmacy owner and you know, we're, we're just genuinely building a relationship, but now I start dropping in there, those subtleties of bringing in the mammoth behind me, right? That person knows that you're after them anyway. So the thing is you come in way early and you try to grab them. They're going to be like, God, this guy, this guy was a nice person or this lady was a nice person, but they just left a bad taste in my mouth. I wish them well. That's generally what I think. In all honesty, when I see those five, seven, 10 messages, I'm like, this person has so much persistency or a bot is doing a great job, but (laughs) this person is just not going to ever do anything with me. So I wish them well. And that's virtual. The in-person is what I explained to you about the thing with the, 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 um, the pharmacy thing, you know? So the thing is that before you get to the follow-up, and I usually tell people, in the follow-up is really, hey, may I? Ask them, may I? May I is so powerful. Most people can't understand that because may I now gives you the responsibility to say, hey, you know what, Sid? I've gotten to learn something about you. I'd like to learn more. Yeah. 
or to say or to say no if people and and the other thing that's quite yeah. interesting is a lot, a lot of people don't like to say no so if you ask oh, yeah. politely may i talk to you about my business may i share with you some things that we're doing right now <laughs> no most, most yeah it kind of feels like if i go no sid just not interested yeah. mate you know what i mean no i i love um you know who taught me the power of no like really really well is uh david Meltzer. maybe you know that gentleman oh, david yeah yeah okay yeah yeah so so david david actually uh wrote the forward of my book and yeah he's also one of my coaches as well and mentors but he taught me the power of no because david looks at things in like more of a spiritual cosmic way and i'm like wow like i wasn't really always the guy that said no all the time i was more of the guy that said let me think about it but no and think about it are two different things Oh, yeah. And when you're a no, you're a no. And no means staying balanced to what your position is on that subject or whatever that thing is, at least from what I've seen, you know? So when I'm kind of, somebody comes from a left field and it doesn't even make sense to me and I can't even see a future to it, then I just tell them, sorry, it's just not going to work. Thank you for the opportunity. The most people say, you. the most people when they say, I'll think about it, are saying no, but they just don't want to say no. Yeah, but but think about it. Funny enough, people on the receiving side of think about it still feel like that there's still that one percent chance, right? <laughs> like the Dumb and Dumber movie. <laughs> I've got a chance. You know, they're gonna do. It. Yeah, no, it is like but that. when it's a no, at least I can move on, and I feel like okay, now I just took a burden off, and that person knows where I stand. What's interesting though is that the no can be turned into a yes if you keep following. So I'll give you an example. I'm working on a transaction right now where early, um, we're talking about a year and a half ago, I reached out to this client. I said, Hey, what's your thoughts about XYZ thing that I'm working on with, you know, for other, we were, we were talking and we, we became friendly and that person said, look, you know what? It, it really, it's great what you're doing, but we're just not there yet. Thank you for the time. Right? So I'm, I'm one of those guys that, you know, these people that I meet, I try to stay in touch in the sense of I, I put their names on Google search, right? So in case any article or anything pops up, I kind of drop in their, uh, um, their, their state city name in case I see something. It gives me a chance to build a relationship with them through the process of even them saying no, because I want to get to know the person. Anyway, fast forward now, it's a, uh, it, it's, it's a company, it's a supply company, and I saw something going on down in their area. And it looks like their address and the address that was described was very close. So I reached out to the guy and said, Hey, what's your thoughts on this? And the person said, you know what? You couldn't have called at a better time. And that's taking a power of no and converting into a yes by well, understanding the situation. Did. Something hmm? else though you did there, which is quite interesting. I want to pack into which yeah. prompts the question is your intention around um, uh, being active in terms of uh, this networking. And so the thing that jumps to my mind is we meet lots of people, right? You know, vast numbers, certainly in my world, I'm sure in your world too. What, what, how do you manage to keep up? You know, are you automating stuff here? Are, are there reminders coming in your calendar? Yeah. Because I know what it's like, you know, there's probably people that I should be following up with now, but new things have come in. I'll just give you a very quick example. Yeah. I get um, up to usually on average about 70 to 80 inbound LinkedIn messages per day. You know, some of them people, I know it's crazy. I've had to get um, a VA, actually two VAs now, now work on my LinkedIn account. Now I don't say that to impress anyone. It's no. just mental, right? 
And LinkedIn's not the best um, uh, messaging algorithm to be able to keep things up, right? So, so there, there's definitely people there that have sent me something that came in, right, on a Sunday or something. And I'm thinking, you know what, that was really powerful. I want to go back, but I'm with my kids and I'm not going to give up that moment. And then it, it's gone. And then I find it two months later and I go, oh my God. <laughs> I've you been there. Do you know what I'm yes. talking about? <laughs> I've been there and there are times where you will miss that gap. It, it, these yeah. are gaps, right? That you're saying I'm a heavy calendar guy and I, I, I live by my calendar. I actually have six calendars that I merge into one calendar. And, uh, and, and it, it, it kind of is my uh, personal secretary mindset, right? Where I'm my own personal secretary. I like, I literally calendar my life and the calendar, my life even goes to the point of my family members. I tell my family members, you know, one of my family members the other day reached out to me uh, during the day and said, Hey, can I speak with you? I said, sorry, I'm in the middle of these things. I have a five thirty slot open. Can we speak then? Unless it's an emergency, they'll know. If it's an emergency, they'll go and tell me, Hey, listen, no, no, no. This is something important. Then I'll kind of rearrange it. But calendaring, really, you know, it, 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 it creates that feeling that, all right, one, you're going to get off of the procrastination ladder Two, the water cooler time that most people have in their life. It, it, you just throw it out. Cause literally we're back to back after this recording, I have something that's literally at that, at like at, at the inches away from after this recording. And that followed up by two other things that are coming up right after that. So I literally live by my calendar for that matter. Um, but you know, beyond just, um, time management and things of that nature and remembering these people, I actually categorize things, actually learned from a prior organization that was with, in a call it ABC category, right? And mm -hmm. A means that, hey, this is somebody that fits my bucket, that it works perfectly. I just need to find a way that's going to work one day. And that ABC bucket, that A, even though it's a five-year game, I'm going to follow up every three or six months. My B game is usually people that are, hey, this is going to work out, but there's some hurdles. Okay, their financial data doesn't look good this year. Let's go and connect with them next year to see where they are. That's my B. That's more of, hey, six to 12 months to 18 month type of touch points. And yeah. the C is literally everyone in, uh, underneath that. And that goes for clients. That goes for contacts. That goes for uh, where, whatever I'm doing in life. There's an ABC category that I put in. And it worked at the organization I was working in at that time. It worked really well. And I'm like, let me just implement that in my life. And that's that's all. I, that's, you know, yeah, I, I was most of the time it's automated. No, but I'd hope, I'd hope, I, I was hoping you would talk about tiering in some respects or categorization because I can see the power of that because there are, I mean, I have very, in the different businesses that I have, I have very, very clear avatars, right? And mm -hmm. to, I mean, to, to, a, to an incredible level of precision. And um, so when one of them shows up in whatever networking event or forum I'm in, I can recognize that individual straight away. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to come into our world commercially quickly, but they are the sort of person at some point in the future there is a potential relationship that, that evolves from that. Um, but I do love the idea then of, of when those people come in that you, you lock it in. Mm -hmm. I, I would imagine that uh, if you're being diligent about it, you would put a reminder in your calendar three months down the track to do uh, a follow-up. I have, I have a, this morning, the first thing I got at 6.30 this morning was an alert that says B dash the attorney's name and then next to it said attorney. 
Wow. And that's, that's how I do line. it. And, 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 and that one was tied to a phone number. So I put a phone number. That's, that's all it takes. It's not like rocket science work, you know, but no, what happens is that though, isn't it? it's, it's habits and discipline. I mean, you know, yeah, a, lot of, yep, yep. a lot of people um, back to what you said about procrastination or whatever else, they just don't, they don't put the effort in that small amount of effort. That's going to compound well, and give you the results. The follow-up piece. What I've learned is I'll have my normal meetings, Nick, right now. We're having a conversation, right? Right after this, I have three back-to-back meetings. But then I'm going to have a 15-minute window. And what I tend to do is these 15-minute windows, the water cooler time, that's yep. when I drop these messages in there. Yeah, great. Because what happens, and, and my day starts at 6.30 and it ends at, you know, whatever, at night, right? Sometimes client calls me at 10 o'clock at night. We'll just figure things out. But I generally, generally speaking, it's 6.30 to call it 8.30. That's my little uh, gauge of when I like to do business more, more or less. Okay, great. Listen, I'm conscious that you're about to go into a whole range of meetings and I've got a three-hour board meeting coming up. What Beautiful. what haven't I know it's lovely. It's a long day for me. What um what haven't we covered? Because we, we we got to we got to the process of kind of the follow-up, but you said there's a, there's something else. Is there anything else that follows that goes past that? The follow-up, it's that step after the follow-up, because I find that a lot of people, if they don't, if they mess up that second meeting in that follow-up phase. Yes. Uh, the relationship, like literally just like, like this, it's actually, it probably even goes more vertical, you know, because what happens is you build a certain amount of rapport just at that initial meeting that the person says, Oh, that's an inquisitive phase, right? Oh, Sid must be a nice guy. Sid must be this. Sid must be that based on what I've said. The second meeting, if you come off as just like a data dumper or something like that, then it's like, Sid must've been a nice guy (laughs) and move on, you know? So Uh, You know, when that after follow-up phase I talk about is really just make sure that you can ultimately build a relationship in any part of follow-up before you really go a hardcore sales mode, right? It's the worst feeling to have. And if somebody does it to you, see, most people that do it, it's probably because they haven't had enough people do it to them. And when enough people do it to them, they're going to have like, God, is is that me? Oh, yeah. you know? Well, they know it's bad, but they don't know what else to do. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people yes. I sometimes get involved oh, that's, in. They think, they think the kind of uh, old school, hardcore sales process is the only way that you close business. They don't realize that the, yeah, yeah, there's a whole yeah, different yeah. way of doing it. And the, uh, the 1980s, 1970s and 60s and all those, you know, like you throw them out the window because right now we're network. Like I said, I close a deal via Instagram. That would have never happened. No. You know? no, but, but I think, but that's the thing I find that, you know, we, we have these platforms in different ways, which do different things and they just present so much opportunity to us to be able to network with more authenticity and, and just to be able to have um, more variety around it. Yeah, so yeah. I found, I, I talk about social media as being free marketing, but effectively it's free networking, which is, which, which is in tandem with that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of me as a whole for process-wise networking. Uh, really, I absolutely love this piece where we were just kind of like diving deeper into it. This is yeah. This I is knew fun. we'd 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 riff back and forwards, mate. I knew that'd be yeah. the case. Let's talk um just very quickly about um the uh, the events that you run uh, yeah. and how you work in that space um, because I think that's mm-hmm. quite interesting and 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 any opportunities that people have to potentially get involved in any of your events and things like that. Mm-hmm. Sure. So 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 I, I run um. I run, I run events and then I also run events on behalf of clients. So there's two type of event businesses that I'm tied into. One where they're all my own events, right? The industry events I talked to you about, the keynote speaking, things that I'm doing that kind of helps build relationships. Yep. And uh, that's under the brand Switch Events. 
And uh, that's been my kind of baby for this year. We've done close to 60 something events. Oh, wow. So I do quite a bit of them, you know, all done virtually. I started virtual in February and, uh, Actually, most of the chambers around me are actually following my model as I was because I was one of the first to do it in my area, you know. Um, and then around April time, we started uh, like me and a couple of my uh, uh, friends, contacts said, you know, there are people approaching us and saying, hey, can you help us run events? And we built an entire structure around event management and event planning virtually and doing tech support and all sorts of stuff. So we're hosting events from uh, our cutoff, starting cutoff is a hundred people and our high end cutoff so far has been about 12,000 and change people virtually. Wow, so 12,000 so virtually. I mean, that, that yeah, in itself yeah. must be amazing because you kind of yeah. think virtual has its place, but you know, that's a lot of people to coordinate through some sort of platform. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we use a couple of different platforms. I mean, you know, uh, you don't just go into this space just un unknowingly and doing large scale opportunities like that. I mean, it requires so much staff work and, you know, training and all sorts of other things. And my partners and the people that I'm kind of related with, we're we're building this kind of a monster that uh, hopefully it, it, it leads into some greater opportunities under a brand called Reps Events. That's the brand that uh, that yeah. my hosting company is under. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, listen, I know that um, people can reach out to you. You've got um, your website, isn't it? Is it networkwithsid.com? Exactly. Uh, and, oh, yeah. and we've got you on LinkedIn, which is great, Sid V. <laughs> so we'll put we'll put that in the show notes, mate. Um, to finish off, just one last piece of advice that you can give to the uh, the listeners today about if they want to if they want to be really good at networking, if they want to build their skill level, their repertoire in this. What's the one best bit of advice you've been given or the best piece of advice then you can share with the audience tonight? Yeah, sure. So um, first impression is last impression. And that's kind of my motto really, really in the high scheme of life. And so if you don't know how to do a proper introduction, just to start off the conversation, it's going to really ruin the relationship just to even get somewhere. Right. So forget about follow up. Let's start talking about the introduction. So build the right introduction. And first impression is last impression. So, yeah, you know, that. you can only make it better. No, I love that. And it's so true though, isn't it? You know, that, and that's always been true, isn't it? You know, and that's, and again, if you can show up um, showing that you're curious, that you, you're listening, that you've done some research, it's going to do wonders in terms of that rapport and that impression that you make. 100%. This has awesome. been such an amazing time, Nick. No, I knew it was going to be a good conversation, man, from the, you know, when we spoke last time. So, so everyone listening, um, if you want to get in touch, as I said, with Sid, go and have a look at his website and get the book, have a, have a read as well. I think that'd be interesting, particularly if you want to increase your skill set around this place. And, and I, I can just, one final comment from me is, you know, I can say that my ability to network, my ability to build authentic relationships um, has dramatically grown my business, my profile and everything. And actually just made um, the impact that I'm making on the world so much more congruent with my values. So I'm a massive advocate of it. And I, I would go as far as saying, Sid, that you kind of have to have this skill. Even if you think it's difficult, even if you think, you know, oh, I'm not good enough and whatever else, you've just got to develop it because yeah. it's just so transformational. And, and, and the number one quote that my life is ranging around is your network is your net worth. Yeah, I, I love that. So, I, I And I believe that 100%. Cool. Well, listen, awesome. Sid, awesome. Thank you for coming on Scale Up Your Business this evening. Thank you so much. This has been an amazing opportunity. Thank you once again, Nick. <laughs>